What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Serious Angler Podcast, powered by our friends over at X2 Power Batteries. Back with the captain, Mr. Andy Full. And as always, I'm your host, Bailey Egbert. Andy, what's going on, man? How's how's life in the tundra? Life in the tundra is great. All I have to say though is the stash is back. I know. You gotta you gotta keep I had that a few thing people ask for it. <laughs> well, here, here's asking you shall here's, receive. Here's the here's the reasoning is uh, uh as you know I don't know I'm pretty sure I mentioned on the last show but going wife and I are leaving for honeymoon on Friday and I'm sitting there I had a bunch of people I was gonna shave anyways because we're going down and she's not a big fan of the scraggly beard that I can only oh. grow at like 40 50 percent yeah I don't get the big bushy beard like you do uh, I don't I wasn't this blessed with those jeans. like this is like 30 days strong we're doing all right right now. <laughs> yeah see i think for me to do that it would be like 30 years and i'd maybe be half that so like i'm just sitting there i had a few people joking i think they were joking anyway uh they're like what when's the stash coming back and i'm like you know what? i'm gonna shave this weekend it's uh last week before the honeymoon i'm like screw it let's go stash before, before friday and i have to shave stash, it off. you should just go like full-on fu manchu and just like leave a little soul patch be real good Give dude i get like i have <laughs> i talk so much crap to my dad dude because like i blame him for our facial hair and i get like i get hair right here but it's like yeah. four really long hairs and that's it it's just horrible yes. it's just nasty yes you have a homer <laughs> simpson soul patch <laughs> pretty much man it's just uh pretty bad so that's <laughs> that's why i steer clear of that but hey, you never know. We come back from uh, we're going to Punta Cana for a full week, and I come back, have to work for a week, and then I leave for uh, Murray, fish uh, Murray for like a week, week and a half. And then I'm going to go to visit my parents in Florida for another week, week and a half. So that means I don't have to shave. So there we go. Because uh, hmm. I'll be away from home. We, we might as well uh, let her let her ride. But uh, I'm looking forward to that because. That's right. That's what I'm saying. It's it's flavor saver, you know. That's what that's all that's all it is. But I'm looking forward to that, and we'll talk about that later on because we have a great guest today, a great show today. Uh, obviously, uh, Bassmaster Elite Series rookie Robert Gee joining us uh, from Knoxville, Tennessee, as we were chatting with him a little bit offline. Uh, his second podcast ever, so I'm pretty pumped that we can get him on that. Of course, the All and Mighty Mercer beats everybody the punch. There's a reason he's numero uno, but. Uh, Going to have a lot of fun getting him on. It'll be uh, part one for today's show. And then we're going to let Robert go later on. And we're going to have on three new guests for the second part of the show. And uh, Brennan Brown, if you guys saw last week's uh, show, uh, shows, I should say. Uh, Brennan is coming back on as well as he's joined by Kevin Baxter, the bait man. Uh, and oh, Alex May. Alex May. I don't know if anybody, if you guys follow Tackle Tour, you know who Alex is. Uh, Alex is like the nerd of all nerds when it comes to all baits, rods, reels, a guy that I've actually been, uh, got to spend a good amount of time with, uh, from the gunpowder side of things. It was a really awesome dude. And, uh, he's going to come and join us three of them. We're going to have a little glide bait bracket challenge. We're going to do two. Cause I think the best way about it, I was talking with Brendan seeing as though he helped me put these together because I do not have the credentials to put a bracket like that together. And uh, yeah, he helped me, helped me make that. I can just listen because I yes. do not have the 
the wherewithal to comment on just about anything. I know about this much of swim baiting, and I think I've only ever caught pike on them. So besides a mag draft, yeah. so I am out on this game. <laughs> yes, any you and I will be hosting and sitting back on the sidelines while we uh, have them decide what uh, we have. Two brackets: one will be glide baits under a hundred dollars. And then one will be glide baits over a hundred dollars. And we, mm. so we have a whole different mix there. We'll talk about some honorable mentions, things like that, because uh, there's a lot of them that are, that deserve some cred, uh, but we're going to make them choose down to one, one glide. Uh, so then are we going bracket bracket at the end for overall winner? We freaking sure can. <laughs> we can do whatever uh, we want yeah. on the show, man. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll be surprised. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, cat's out of the bag now, but uh, nonetheless, it's going to be a fun crew. I mean, three guys that are very knowledgeable in the, the world of swim baiting. So, uh, again, Andy and I are just like literally novices, maybe beginners uh, from a level of, of throwing bigger swim baits. So it'll be a uh, it'll be it'll be a good group, a uh, good group to uh, teach you guys and help steer you if you're looking to go in and invest in any of these glide baits. But um Really fast while we are talking through some things before we get uh, Rob on here is uh, we want to let you guys know, being that it's springtime uh, and things are warming up around the country, if you guys have not checked out Omnia Premium Pro, the new app that comes out, you can do it on app also on your computer. The map layers that they have are unbelievable. And specifically, I'm talking about, I know you like the hardness one, Andy. But oh, the, the water temp-, temp for the spring, money. Water temp for the spring. I mean, you guys know, like when you're going around, especially when you're traveling to new locations that you've never fished before, looking in the springtime for where is the warmer water temperature going to be at, uh, and vice versa throughout the year when you're looking for colder things like that. That water temperature layer is absolutely money. Uh, so I highly encourage you guys to check out uh, Omnia Premium Pro. You can scan this QR code if you guys are watching right now. Um, you can always, um, if you're watching on your phone, you can either screenshot or just go down the link in description. We have a link down there too, whatever is easier for you. Um, but highly encourage you guys, uh, to check that out. And then, so next being said, a little, little news before we get on a Bassmaster rookie here is, uh, day one of major league fishing Bass Pro tour was today. Oh man, I haven't even uh, looked yet. Spoiler. Yeah, so I'll give you the top three. Actually, I'll give you a top five because there's there's a steep little drop here. Um, but before we do that, I was excited last week because I, I'm not even gonna get into the whole debate on trail versus trail just because I just thoroughly enjoy watching fishing. And I was excited last week. I'm like, hey, <laughs> finally live fishing's back on, so makes my work day go by a little bit faster, things like that. And lo and behold, Major League Fishing is not airing their day once which I thought was a huge bummer and definitely missed out. Uh, they did on the content because let's see, we have one, two, three, four, five, five fish over seven pounds with the biggest being an 11 pounder from uh, cliff crochet, a freaking 11. So it's uh, definitely missed out on, on watching that today, but we have in first, Shocker for everybody, Jacob Wheeler with 91 pounds. Spencer Shuffield in second with 88. Drew Gill, rookie, in third with 81. With a steep drop off down to fourth with James Elam 
with 49-15, and Wesley Strader close behind in fifth with 49-13. So uh, looking forward to when that's actually live. Yeah, it's. Uh, I just want to uh, be able to watch some fishing already. It's, yeah, that'd uh, be nice. Yeah, we'll see how day two goes, and we'll see what uh, what comes of the uh, the first round that we're we're able to watch. Uh, and then speaking of that too, it's a crazy weekend for for fishing because the first Bassmaster Open on Okeechobee is this weekend, and then you have Logan Martin for the MPFL starting. Uh, so it's going to be some exciting stuff. Looking forward to watching uh, the first event of a full season with Fix TV with NPFL. That's going to yeah. be uh, pretty exciting stuff, man. It, the season is here. It's an exciting time, and of course, it's the weekend I leave, and I'm going to be not on my phone for an entire week. I'm going to try to not you, get in trouble by checking scores. The you deserve a week off, so enjoy the sunshine. Drink a few too many happy hour margs and just have a time. <laughs> That's what I would do. We have a quick comment, actually. I, I'll, I'll, I'll attack that in a second, but... Uh, Rob in the chat here says, uh, going back on Drew Gill, the rookie in third. He said, watch out for Drew Gill. So he got, he's got a reputation deal. I'm a good one at that. So uh, excited. We'll keep you guys updated throughout that. Uh, we're going to try to next week, because I'm obviously going to be out. We're going to try to uh, record a show uh, for you guys um, this week and have it to be unrecorded. So there's not going to be a live stream next week. Just so you guys are aware of that. There will no be, there not be a live. We'll have a live when I come back. But uh, there will be a show. We're going to try our, our damnness to make sure there's a show for next week. Um, but beyond that, that's all the news I have. Um, Andy, you got anything before we get Rob on here? Oh, not really. Besides, if you want to book a bass trip this summer, uh, we're basically booked from the second week of April all the way until about July 10th. So, And then October is starting to fill up pretty quick. So we got October. July and August and uh, July and October starting to fill. Yeah. So in my steelhead season next year, I think I have like 12 dates left in November. So we're getting busy. <laughs> Sheesh. You're a hot topic there, pal. People are booking out that Apparently. far in advance. I don't even want to think about October right now, dude. I mean, yeah. season even started. And that's like our almost close to our end. Stop that. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> Just trying to trying to get ahead instead of worrying about yeah. it. So, you know. No, no, it's smart on smart on your end. But all right, man. Let's uh let let's get to yeah. our guests. I mean, we're ten minutes in. It's probably the longest intro we've ever done. So okay. let's get on our guest here, Mister Rob Gee. What's going on, man? What's up, boys? Thanks for having me on here. Hey, Heck man. yeah, dude. Hey, Are you man. enjoying some warmer weather in Knoxville now that your guys' storm is basically gone? Yeah, thank goodness. Um. Uh, Actually, I was going to Texas when it hit, so apparently we got like a foot of snow while we were gone, and I missed it. I left the day before it hit, and I was at Toledo Bend when it hit, and it was freezing rain on me the whole time I was down there, but thank goodness we didn't get any snow there. But apparently back here, it was like World War Three, like cars piled up on the side of the road, and then all the ditches. I'll trade. I will gladly take your foot of snow if you'll take our 80 inches. Oh my gosh. Put <laughs> a snow down here is like it hadn't snowed like that since like 93. Like that's like a world record, but it's it's been crazy. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. it's good that it's got. As I'm sure the snow is all completely melted now. Oh yeah, it's it, it rained like a warm rain, so it it's all gone now. Thankfully, as soon as I came back, it's all gone. Uh, man, you brought well, there you the go. You dodged water. it just in time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, a fellow uh, Knoxville native, uh, like we were talking about offline here, Alex Rudd, uh, po- posted. I don't actually. I don't know if he posted it, but he sent me a video. Uh, he fished out of the kayak here and there, and he was literally sledding down the side hill of his yard <laughs> in the snow it in his kayak. kayak. So they were thoroughly it. enjoying their snow days. <laughs> yeah, like I said, we don't get snow often, and everything goes it goes crazy when there's when when we do like people doing burnouts and all the boat ramp parking lots and stuff like that wrecking their trucks everywhere people have no idea how to drive in snow here it's it's pretty hilarious well mm. i could tell you there's a lot of people that have lived decades upon decades up here in buffalo and still don't know how to drive in snow so i think that's a it's a problem everywhere you know you know, I will actually gladly take Buffalo snow drivers over Buffalo rain drivers. Cause when it's raining here, people will do like 35 on the throughway, but when it's snowing, people will still do 70. So it makes no sense. But uh yeah, I will I will gladly take the snow drivers over the rain drivers where we're at. Yeah. Uh, Though this will start a whole funny. other tangent that I don't think. <laughs> Rob cares. He wants to talk fishing. Uh, hey, so, Bills. I mean, y'all Buffalo Bill fans. Well, I am Bailey is an Eagles fan, unfortunately. But I got you. Yeah. I I, I'm kind of an Eagles that. and Bills follower. I like them both, but kind of sad that they they didn't make it farther than they did. I'm a big Josh Allen guy and Jalen Hurts. I like them both, but I was rooting for them. So, it is. Do you have is, like an right? official like, team though? I'm supposed to be Titans a Titans fan, fan but they they freaking suck. I'm not much of a well, the, fan of the Titans. The Titans basically are an Eagles farm team at this point. Yeah. The way that they're just forking over For players sure. to Allie Rosen. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, after that oh. trade, I kind of just stopped caring about the Titans because they're just a lost cause now. Mm. That's all right. Beyond beyond AJ Brown, everybody they sent over has sucked in Philly. So <laughs> it's it's all good over here. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, uh, I am glad football is coming to an end shortly. And I was rooting so hard against the Taylor Swift Super Bowl. But unfortunately, uh, being that she brought apparently brought the NFL $330 million in additional revenue. Uh, of course, I'm not even going down the conspiracy here, but I don't know if I'll watch the Super Bowl this year. So let's just say that. <laughs> I'm. There's rumblings of Andy Reid retiring, right? And I have a feeling that Andy Reid, if he wins another Super Bowl, may retire. And I hope Travis goes right with him. So, like, because <laughs> I don't think Pat Mahomes will be much without both of them. Yeah, I mean, so we'll I don't think so either. Oh, dang. Okay. We'll it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, nonetheless, uh, football aside, looking at fishing, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Obviously, it's your first time on the show. And what I like to like to do with everybody that's brand new is throw it back to the very beginning of how you got stuck with this lifelong addiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, who's to blame? Who's to blame for it all, man? Tell us all about it. So uh person to blame would be my granddad. Um, he took me. We I grew up on a lake house like every summer in North Carolina and in, in the mountains of Western North Carolina. And uh, I went when I was like two years old, just uh, he took me out in his boat, 
fishing boat. It wasn't like a specific bass boat, but it was a fishing boat. And we would go out there and I would have my own tube of crickets and bucket of night crawlers. And I just, uh, I just got addicted to the tug, you know? And, uh, ever since then, that's all I've wanted to do. Like, that's all I can think about is my next bite or like when I'm going to go fishing next and stuff like that. So that really was what started it all. And I didn't get into like specifically bass fishing, uh, until I was probably like 13 years old, but ever since then, I, I've been a, I've been a hardcore fisherman since I was like two years old. When did you decide that the tournament route is something you want to do? I know this is a cliche question that yeah. everybody asked every angler that's on a show, but uh, it's, it's genuinely curious to me. Um, tournament route. Like I'm a competitive guy. I grew up playing baseball. So like, I, I did all the, the summer travel ball, baseball stuff, and I'm really competitive in sports and stuff like that. So when I was like 16 years old, I, I uh, there was a guy that went to my high school that was on the Tennessee bass fishing team at UT. And uh, I saw his wrapped boat with the Tennessee bass fishing, and I was like, I want to go to college to fish, you know what I mean? And I, I'd already started fishing like the local Tuesday night tournaments around here, and I was just getting my butt kicked in and like, as a competitive person that only makes you want to go more and try harder and stuff like that. And that's really what kicked it off is like just getting your butt kicked. The first few tournaments you go to ever, you're just like, I got to figure this out. I got to figure out how to win this. And that's truly what got me into it. It just was a snowball effect from there. So going into your first elite, because it was your, you were one for one, right? It was your first, yeah. Open my first nine opens. I'd fished five years in the college series, so it was it's kind of like a mini opens run. So I'd i had like five years kind of in the fake opens, you know what I mean? The fake opens. Yeah, you've had some prep then. Well, <laughs> yeah, the, so the with that series, it's it's a it's a wild place. You you get to really learn all these different lakes around the country and how to fish in the crowds, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, because like the, the boat fields are insane i mean i know they're they're not what the the high school is and the high school ones yeah. are like good lord i don't know how you fit 450 boats on a on a lake but they cap like it when at it comes to cap at 275 okay so when you take say an average field of that let's just call it 275 for uh for those for the college tournaments or in your opinion when you go and you launch your boat that day about how many teams or how many boats do you think you're actually competing with are the majority of them actually competitive or are there only a handful you think you really have to worry about i mean i would say probably at least like half like half of the guys because some of the guys are like two really good anglers that can both run boats and that's what that's when it gets dangerous in the college series is when when a guy's good at deep fishing and then his partner is a really good shadow angler so they both trade off on the trolling motor that's when the college fishing it's kind of like a glorified like bass master team trail you know what i mean and it's it gets it gets really competitive in that it's i learned a lot in college and there's a really there's a lot of hammers that never get really talked about that fish college and never get to really be seen on the bass master mlf spotlight it definitely seems like, you know, and Andy and I have had uh, the privilege of having a few, you know, former and current college guys on here. You know, we've had Logan, the Logan Parks, the John Garretts, 
on here. And one thing like John Garrett was saying that, you know, Bethel was, you know, they would, you know, as much as they would compete with each other, they'd also help teach each other. And that's what's just producing these guys that come into the open, just ready to rock. And uh, it's cool to see those dynamics happen. Um, And I feel like, and and I'm throwing this to you, obviously, because I didn't, I didn't fish in college uh, and I don't understand that. I shouldn't say I just don't understand. I wouldn't live in it. And do you think that this is only the beginning? Because I feel like it's only been as of recent that these college teams are really finding the formula that helps them build these these juggernaut teams that are always in the top ten. It seems. Yeah, I think it's only the beginning. Like, I, there's it's only up from here. Like, there's way more teams competing in the college series now than whenever I started as a freshman. Like, they've changed the formats to where they have like two different divisions of 275 boats instead of just like one division full of 250 boats like when I started. So it's definitely more and more, more and more people are coming. And it's, it's just wild to see how, how much it's grown since I started to where it's at now. And that's what everyone told me when they were like a senior, when I was a freshman, like it's crazy how much this has grown in just that short of time, like from the Jordan Lee days. But I think it's only the start. Like I, I could see in the future where there'd be like drafts or something like that, like kind of like a MLB draft or something. I could I could see that taking place not too far down the road. Like a draft for the college teams? Or are you talking like the elites will take, well, they'll go and draft five guys. Or like the, the like or- EQs, like probably draft like 10 of the best, you know what I mean? Or something like that. Like I could see that happening down the road. Yeah, it'd be actually interesting thinking about that. Like, if the opens wasn't a thing, how cool would it be? <laughs> like, there's certain trails where, like, they have legit draft where it's yeah, like the be pool awesome. of who they think the, are the best. But that, that's a cool thing to think about. Um, sure. Anthony Geisier actually has a really funny question for you. Um, he's asking, do, do you have the BG staying alive song as your stage song? Because <laughs> Bobby, <laughs> Bobby G, BG. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I I have a rap song as my walk up song, but do you want to say it? Are you gonna you gonna save it? Oh, it's the way I live by Baby Boy to Prince. If y'all have ever heard okay. of that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. it's a throwback classic. song. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a classic right there. <laughs> it is a classic. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good classic. Yeah. Sure. Have you since obviously qualifying and you know in less than what three weeks? You know, you're going to be kicking off for your first event. If you had any time to breathe to get get everything ready uh, to go for the season here. Not really. Like, as soon as I qualified, it was nonstop, like, trying to get the funds to uh, to do – to fish the elites this year because it's super steep entry fees. And, like, oh, yeah. going from fishing the opens, which I thought was a lot of money, to directly go in the next year to the elites was it was a it was an eye-opening experience so i've been non-stop trying to get new sponsors and new partnerships like that and get a new boat for this coming year because i've been running the same boat for like two years and so it's i haven't really had time to slow down like it doesn't even really feel real still what what has been like the biggest eye-opening experience for you or maybe like something that was harder than you expected or something that you just didn't see coming from the moment you qualified to 
trying to prepare for your first Elite Series season? Yeah, like I always dreamed growing up and like that if you made the Elites, like, you know, people would be calling you with big contracts and stuff like that or like just some <laughs> contracts. I don't even say care if it's big, but like that does not happen whatsoever. Um, like at least for me, I don't know about the other guys, but it's really – it's not like that anymore. I think it's more of the social media route, but you gotta, you gotta, I gotta start doing a little bit more of that because that's what these uh, companies want to see. But that was kind of an eye opening for me. They don't really care if you made the elites or nothing like that. You gotta prove yourself more worthwhile in the social media game, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it's one that I think a lot of guys have become privy to in regard that uh you're seeing about every other pro angler start a youtube channel now it seems like everybody's got one at least trying to uh they're they're going on tiktok they're doing these different things Um, this is no shade to anybody either but i can't say something real fast it's fun to watch like and i'm just saying elite series guys in general like pro anglers that say they're going to start a youtube channel they put one video out and then disappear So if you're going to do that, At don't West be that Logan. guy because I enjoy watching the videos. So nah, it's not even West. At like, West Logan. It's, it's <laughs> but yeah, we, I we, think we this year <laughs> I'm, I'm rooming with Logan Parks and John Garrett. I think Logan's going to have a camera guy follow us around and like film behind the scenes stuff like that. So it'll kind of be like one of those, like a Lee Livesey kind of. I'll be in that most hopefully. Some and that is one of the cooler things i saw trending like i think the first person to do that and don't quote me and feel free guys in the comments if you if i'm wrong here jump in i think like scott martin was one of the first ones to do that concept in regards to uh you know back when it was i want to say he was doing it in the flw days when it was like him tom reddington uh matt airy and then i want to say it was others i'm trying to remember from back then i think latimer was traveling with them that was that cool concept of that, that group. Uh, and yeah. he's obviously still brought that today. And you see that now with like the Benton and cooks with the cut line and you have the Livesey in that group and the Wheeler and Avena and Connell and those boys. So I feel like that's cool. And it's, it's almost like a, like that's one, obviously one, it's a great one with you. Cause you have Garrett who's run the gauntlet for several years, parks. That's got the media savviness that you can, you're going to be able to learn a lot and obviously be able to help each other as a group. Um, and it's one where it's like, I look at that almost like if you're very visible on his YouTube channel, it's almost like the saying of the best boat is your buddy's boat so that you don't have to like, you don't have to worry about paying it out. It's like the best YouTube channel is your buddy's YouTube channel yeah. because you don't have to do any editing. You just, you're just in it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely go and watch that. Hopefully I'll make a few, uh, cameo appearances. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'll be good, man. I'm looking forward to that. It's good to know that. Uh, I, I I knew Logan was doing the YouTube, but I didn't know that's kind of like his uh, his direction. That's that's pretty sweet, man. Um, I will say, like, there there's I've seen some guys that uh, you know in talking with them too that they think that you need to have this Brandon Polinick, Scott Martin style like level of content. Don't let that get into your head. Like, yeah, you can be as raw and real as it gets like there's a reason people love maddie robertson man like there's oh, yeah. there's guys just like him too that put out like 
you know, I'm not saying it's bad content. It's just raw. It's real. It's yeah. not like production. True. Let people see. Let you know. Uh, I could see Anthony Geist commenting in this. Let let people see the real Bobby G. You know, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely try to do a bloopers too. Like I'm gonna, cause I'm gonna have to be recording the whole year on like practicing in the tournaments. I've always enjoyed watching like the build ants bloopers, so I'm gonna try to uh, make a few compilations like that. There you go. Falling in the lake, being 100 real, like that's kind of what I I like. I like to watch and stuff like we that. We call that going Pete Gluzak now. Yes, stuff <laughs> like that. The breaking of the troll motor handle. I had a few of those this past year. It was she gone? Pretty funny. <laughs> yep. Have Have you actually you gone have. in the drink when the the troll motor not. handle broke? Knock on wood. I have not went in the lake yet, but I've fallen in the bottom of the boat, but not in the lake. Thank goodness. So a uh, funny story is one time Bailey and I were fishing a tournament together, and I sabotaged oh, them and put uh, players. In like the player tray, but the Triton I had had in the worst spot ever, and he tripped. He flew into the back deck of my boat head first in the cowling of my motor. It was, oh um, it was one of those moments, yeah. And it was like what thirty five degrees out at that point, and pouring rain and temperature falling. Yeah, it was a good day. Yep, it was that. <laughs> I am just happy that motor was there. I might have CTE because of it, but that motor at least stopped me from going oh, in CTE the lake. Was already there. <laughs> Oh yeah, it just added to it, buddy. <laughs> That's all it did. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. Well, so in saying that, you said you've had a few of those this year. Yeah. Your, your Pete moments, we'll call it. Well, what was your biggest build dance moment of the the open season this year? It was probably the troll motor handle breaking at blast off in the final, like the final day of the tournament, or like season at the Harris Chain. I would literally put my troll motor down to spot lock in like the where all the boats were blasting off. And no lie, right before I blast off, it was pulling my troll motor up like 10 boats ahead of me before I blast off. My handle breaks. I fall on the bottom of the floor. I'm like, how in the heck am I, am I going to get this up? So somehow I like rigged up my handle within the like split of time and then got it rolling, but it was wild. <laughs> That's awesome. Anthony says here, uh, Andy, you should get a fat head photo of Bailey for your calling. Yeah. He had like a facial shot of Bailey as he was falling. Cause all you see is like his feet hitting the players and flying. That would be the, Oh, face I got a great video of it. Yeah. We'll have to resurface that on the serious angler social just for, just for shits and gigs. Um, yeah. we also have a comment from Anthony as well. What's that? Yeah. What is your I definitely favorite? Might, uh, I might go into the drink at the first two. There's a lot of standing timber everywhere, and you hit it a bunch. That's for sure. I was just down there last week, and the amount of times I hit trees that I didn't even know were there, like either fishing, like looking at the water, looking at live scope, just you about go in every time. It's it's hilarious. Well, if you do, then you could literally do a side-by-side of you and Pete Glusick. You know, you got – you got Bobby G and Pete G. You know, they're doing the same Who thing. Did here. <laughs> Who did it better? Put a poll up on it. Yeah. Uh, Anthony's asking you, what's your go to bait? He says you look like a cranker. Well, I, I am a cranker. I, like I said, I'm from East Tennessee. So I've, I have uh, been cranking for a long time. That's really what I like to do, especially before like all the forward facing sonar and 360 came out. I will. 
I was a big cranker, chucker, and winder, that kind of a power fisherman going down the bank. But I also, I really love deep cranking, like six, eight, ten XD cranking. That's one of my favorite things to do. I would say that's my my absolute favorite tech, like thing to do in fishing is run down because I live on the Tennessee River. It's like five minutes from my house, Fort Loudon, and that's one of my favorite things to do. Just run down the lake, scan deep holes, turn around, fire a big ten XD, and crank them up that's one of my favorite things and big swim bait that's uh that's really what i feel at home is when i'm doing that kind of stuff so that's like your are you a are you a glass guy are you a composite guy like when it comes to those big plugs so on the big plugs like the like the eight and ten i throw just a composite like a big one so i can really cast it far but 5xd to like dt6 then like the shallow like flat sides i throw a glass rod you throw glass with your uh, live gizzard chad that cole says you like to throw <laughs> oh yeah i assume it's, it's one good. of your buddies that you yeah, were warning us about <laughs> it's pretty good though i, love it. I mean the gizzard <laughs> chat's gonna get you bit probably not a good idea in the tournament though yeah true <laughs> <laughs> I dig that. Are you, um, so like when you're swapping troubles on those, do you have like a trouble of choice? Yeah, actually, uh, I use their, I, I've been using for like the past year. I, I use strictly Ryuji, uh, Pierce yeah. trebles. I, I'm Are they round bend or wide gap? Uh, just the regular Ryuji Pierce TC treble. It's, there's only one like good crankbait treble they make. It's that Pierce TC and it's, it's like a, in between a round bend and a wide gap, kind of like an O'Shaughnessy bend. And okay. dude, it like it's it's if y'all haven't tried them out, I would definitely highly suggest it. It's kind of like it's a. I probably shouldn't be saying this because <laughs> they're kind of hard to get, but they're so sticky, and I haven't really had many come off of it. It's they're a really good hook. All right, if you got uh, your choice of plug, like a top three deep plugs if you could pick that you know something that's going to be on your deck that's uh, a cranking derb what's your top yeah. three really all i throw is a, like a 6xd and a dt20 or like if i'm cranking that deep like a, or and a 6xd silent those are really my mm-hmm. top three like something and i i, I throw the hard knot too like I, it's just depending on what kind of mood they're in there's um that that DT twenty is good for when they're kind of got a little pounded on, and it's later in the year plugging. But there's nothing better than fresh school eating a six XD. It's it's awesome, and a ten XD. I love cranking a ten XD. It's it's a pain to throw. It tires you out, but I love it. What are you going like a? Are you like a twelve pound for a ten XD, or are you one of those crazy Yahoo's throwing ten still? Oh, uh, I threw I threw ten some too. Yeah, thirteen. Yeah, gotta get that. Like such a big plug for ten. Oh yeah, I have it snap all the time, but <laughs> it's it gets it down there. I I just like grinding the bottom. It gets it down there a little bit quicker, and and that that's usually a key. Like I've I've thrown it on eight sometimes. Like if you get like some of the thicker thicker fluoro mm-hmm. that get like P line one hundred percent fluorocarbon, it's a little bit thicker, like the blue label P line. 
you can throw eight sometimes on those deep plugs, and it don't have. I mean, you will cast it off. It's frayed a little bit, but you get more bites because it gets down there in the strike zone a little bit longer. You let me know when uh, you're going cranking, and I'm gonna go down current of you. I'm just gonna rack up the plugs because you're <laughs> just gonna be sending them. <laughs> Snap! <laughs> yeah. Going shopping behind Bobby today. <laughs> I love it. I feel like we've called you on a whole assortment of names today: hey, Bobby, that's, Bob, that's Rob, Rob. Yeah, everybody calls me Robert or Rob or Bobby. I answered all of it. Thank you, man. Typically so, twelve. Okay, I got you. Going into this elite series season, obviously uh, people have already talked and that's the youngest uh, rookie field going mm-hmm. into an elite series season, looking at the rookies going in, obviously a bunch of young guys, you know, you have Milliken coming from the YouTube side. Uh, you know, we were talking about, already talking about John Garrett. That's run the gauntlet. Uh, our boy, Kyle Patrick from up here in the North with us. What sets you apart from the rest of that, that field? And what what is if you had a look back on it, self reflective? But what do you think sets you apart from everybody? Honestly, I, I just that my East Tennessee background. I feel like uh, all the lakes I have around here, kind of different. They're all different, and uh, they have they have grass, rock, bluffs, ledges, tail races, all of the above. And I feel like that kind of a background kind of gives you different looks, and it I can really take it to everywhere around the country except for Florida and find something that I've done around here and I've been able to practice here. So I feel like that kind of sets me apart is just having the East Tennessee background with all the different different types of lakes around here. I feel that. Is there something this year that you're like maybe not intimidated by, but you're like, man, I'm going to have to either pull that out or learn that technique when we're going here this year that, might be not in your repertoire. Just Florida. I've, I I struggle in Florida. Um, it's just a it's just completely different kind of place. Like we don't have anything like that in East Tennessee. But all the other places, I kind of feel okay about. Like feel feel good about it because there's something I like to do at all those lakes. But Florida is kind of different. I uh, the Harris chain's always a stitch in my side. Like I don't know. That place is just weird. And St. John's, I heard, is it's all right. But I'm looking forward to getting back down there and learning more about them because I've, I've really just never really understood, like, got it when I've been down there. I've been down there a few times, and I would really, I really want to master Florida. Like, it's one of my biggest just pet peeves of always going there and just knowing what I think they should be doing, but it never, never plays out how I want it to in my head. But I'm looking forward to getting back down there and try to figure them out better. I feel that. I I love the I love that. Is there a technique or something you want to get better at? And you're Florida. <laughs> Not even yeah. like because I feel like that's so cracking, man. Technique. Yeah, it's the technique. Yeah, that's right. it's Florida. Like it's that so, is the technique. There was a uh a Hobie kayak event down uh on the Harris. And I won't speak in specifics out of respect yeah. you guys are going there, but in regards to the results, um, we had a couple of New York guys, so we were paying attention. And 
after day one, the guy leading had 113 inches, which I don't know. That's for five fish. In weight terms for you guys, it's probably about a 34, 35-pound bag. Uh, he, was it him or I think it was the guy third place, had a 13-pounder or something like that. The guy in second had also had a dirty 30. And I some people are saying, oh, this guy's already got it one. And I texted my buddy. I'm like, hey, man, just remember, Florida's going to Florida. Like, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he no just drops tomorrow. And what do you know? Neither of the guys that are in the top two that had 30-pound bags had a limit the next day. So it's like... When you say, Florida when you talk, like Florida. you just said it, you just said, I want to learn Florida. Florida's going to Florida, man. It feels like, unless you're from there, you don't understand how that place works consistently. I feel like even some of the people who live there still don't understand how it works sometimes. Like it's just curveball. For sure. I've, this is what we should be doing, way. but we're not doing it. <laughs> yeah. I like to, I like to fish for other species. And somebody was explaining the other day to me that, like, Florida bass, they act like bluegill, whereas everywhere else, the bass kind of act more like crappie, like a huh. little bit. So, but they do kind of act like a bluegill down there. It's kind of weird. They're I dead. have no bluegill. idea. And do what? Go ahead. Go ahead. But yeah, they act completely different. I, I've, I still, I just want to go down there for like a month and fish, but I haven't got to do that yet. I feel like the guys that aren't from Florida that do well in Florida are the guys that go and like spend months sure. on there or like they're winners yeah. just trying to at least figure something out. I, I, I loved fishing it down there. Um, we were actually, I was talking about this with uh, a buddy last week. I feel like Florida is good. Like, I feel like Florida can, can be great when the timing's right, but mm-hmm. I feel like the big name tournament lakes like I, I feel like Florida does get some, uh, sort of a bad rap when it comes to uh, fishing. It's it's this weird blend. Like some people put Florida on this giant pedestal that it's like the the holy land of of fishing. Which at times, when it's right, it it, it is. But Florida is difficult a lot of the time because it's changing so much. Exactly, what we're just talking about. But I feel like a lot of that also that bad rap comes from mainly the big name tournament lakes, where if you go to these little potholes. They have a little tiny dirt ramp in one parking spot. You can smash their lights out every time. So it's but yeah, like, all the other lakes get pounded. Like all the tournament yeah. lakes, like Harris Jane, that place needs a break. Honestly, fish are educated, very educated. Yeah, they learned bass lures. I've heard that a fish cage. Yeah, on on Big Harris, they're just tired of getting caught. I guess. They just so said we give done. up. <laughs> you guys, <Yeah>. it. <laughs> we're done. They're like, this is the tenth freaking the NXD that that Rob has sent our way. We're done with this crap. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tired of riding in the live well. Like, so. that's is that the day you stop bass fishing? Right, you throw your crankbait in the hole, and all of a sudden you see a bass like rise to the surface, like on its side. And you're just like, what am I supposed to do now? Like. <laughs> like, could you imagine that happening? Like in a tournament, you're fishing at school, right? And all of a sudden, they all just go belly up, and you're just like, "Like, what do you do?" <laughs> I would think the world's coming to an end, and probably get the hell out of there. <laughs> I'd probably yeah, go uh, look and see if there's any big ones floating up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be like, yeah, if it is only a half pound penalty, but it's a ten, you know, I could take that as odds. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take nine and a half. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's right. You can still get a forty-pound bag there. You'll be all right. 
Oh man, that's funny. Uh, so with that going into the season, I got a question for you in that if there is one pro that is already uh, in that field that you would uh, most like to fish a team tournament with, and then also one pro that would be the last pro you'd ever want to see on one of your spots. Hmm. Tricky. That's tricky. I really wish my soundboard was working because I totally hit you with that. Yeah, that's already on the elites. Okay. I mean, you could say another rookie too if you want. I would probably say Jordan Lee. I want that you'd want to fish a team tournament with. Yeah. Okay. And then probably. I wish the soundboard was working like right now for Jeopardy. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Either like Sefuentes or John Garrett or somebody. Dang, okay. So that you wouldn't, that's the last person you would want to see yeah. on your hole is John Garrett. I feel or like Sefuentes. we kind of fish similar. So whatever I would pull up and start throwing, they've already thrown that through there. <laughs> you pull up, you see that cowboy hat, you're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we gonna have problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. But another guy in another league I would like to fish a team tournament with would be Brian Thrift. It's one of my idols. Yeah. That dude, I and Andy uh knows this and and talking when we went to Red Cla- uh, Redcrest last year. I absolutely love studying Thrift's game. Uh I can't believe we've only had him on the show one time. Uh, it's just one where it's like I think I could ask that guy questions for days on end just because I love how he, his rotation, his strategy for fishing offshore, how he approaches practice, things like that. I feel like that's very something I tried to, not that I could ever come close to his style, but like something I try to, uh, to study nonetheless. But yeah, that's, that's um, who I try to emulate probably the most out of any. Pro. You said thrift is yeah, who you'd yeah. want to be most like technique or at least yeah. fishability like. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I got you. That's a pretty good one, man. He's oh, won yeah. a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> Very consistent. I like that. I, I loved his. Uh, he was saying, I want to say it was two. Was it two years ago on Redcrest? There was a, a podcast. One of the two he was on. He was talking about how he spends all of his time in practice looking and trying to find fish offshore. So he's like, I he goes. He goes when I covered that much water around the lake looking offshore. I can still see the bank and what these shallow, you know, areas look like. And he goes, "Worst comes to worst, and in the tournament, if the uh, offshore's not panning out, I can go figure out shallow. Like, yeah, I can go figure out shallow. Like it's that, if it's exactly not working offshore, you're the same way. So like if it's you no know, noon and stuff ain't working, you can drop a hat and go pick up a jig and figure it out shallow. Yeah, or chatterbait or spinnerbait, something like that. I feel like usually if I st- start shallow and practice, I'll end up catching like an eight pounder or something. Then when I go back, it'll be one pounders. But if it's, if I'm fishing off my instincts in a tournament up shallow, like I might get a bigger bite just off the instincts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely feel that. All right. Well, Andy, yeah. you got anything left for Rob here before we hit him with the last question? No, I just want to say best of luck to you. Safe travels and uh, go catch him up in 2024, man. I appreciate it. Heck yeah. 
Well, buddy, uh, so like like our first question of the night, being that uh, it's the first time on the show, our last question for you is when we ask everybody that their first time on the show. Uh, and that is, if you could sit down, have a, a steak and a, a nice cold beer with three different individuals, they don't have to be fishing. They could mm-hmm. be alive a thousand years ago. They could be alive today. doesn't matter. It could be anybody. What three individuals would you invite? Um, probably Rick Klon. Um, Michael Jordan. Okay. And, uh, I really wish I had the Jeopardy music going right now because the soundboard isn't working. So we're on pause seven times now. I know. I know. I just, just, it's like the perfect moment for it. Probably uh, Kevin Van Dam. Okay. Yeah, fun table. Yeah, I am excited to see KVD's plan. For yeah, year. for sure. It's gonna yeah, be those, cool. Those three guys are—they dominated. And I just want to. Would love to just get in their brain, just just to see their thought process. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely the the, the Mamba mentality. Oh yeah, call I, it. yeah. I, uh, I like. I would want to eat with Kobe too. He, yeah. I named my dog Kobe after Kobe Bryant. But Somebody like, actually asked that in the chat. They said, uh, "Family on Bassmaster says, yeah." Somebody said, uh, "Family is Kobe." He goes, "Are you related to the late Kobe?" <laughs> so, yeah, is your dog? dog? Yeah, my dog's named Kobe after Kobe Bryant. I, I, I really oh, Kobe growing up. That's sick, dude. Heck yeah. Well, buddy. Appreciate you so much for, for taking the time out here tonight. Uh, folks, follow Robert here on uh, social media. We'll have his links and everything down for you guys to uh, follow along as he barks on his rookie season on the Elite Series. But like Andy said, dude, travel safe. We'll be keeping up with you, and uh, we'll be talking to you real soon, my man. Awesome. I really appreciate you all having me on. Thank you very much. Right. Yes, sir. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Have a good one. Robert G, Andy, that was, that was a good talk with a uh, an up and comer, a rookie yeah. on the Bassmaster Elite Series, and a lot of things could be pretty interesting. We had actually a, a few messages in the chat, Andy, that uh, they think you look like you could be his dad. <laughs> yeah, it's I like the know. third person now that we've had on that they're like him and Andy look like twins. <laughs> it's the beard. Whenever you get two people on here with beards, like. But the issue is Amanda will never let me shave. So the beard's stuck. Like, oh, if so I she shave, likes beard, she might right? divorce me. Yeah, if, if I shave, I'm probably getting divorced. So I will forever have a beard. But this you is about as long wedding, as she no? lets me get it. For yours? Didn't you shave for the wedding? Did you? I trimmed it, bud. It was a clean trim. I still had a beard. Oh, oh still have a beard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure if i took this thing off right now it would be so scaly and pat like dry underneath it'd be terrible so yeah i wouldn't know what that's like i've never had a beard and if i did have somewhat close to a beard uh i don't think it would be legal (laughs) pretty bad stay away from all (laughs) schools That's right. Yeah, i wasn't wasn't gonna say it but yeah i guess you could go out and say it any (laughs) jeez I got oh, you. Oh, no man. Worries. I know. 
Well, folks, uh, obviously, great show here with Rob. Uh, again, follow him on, on social media. Uh, we'll have the links uh, available for you guys to do so to make it easier for, especially folks that are, are listening uh, to the episode. Uh, but here in a second, we're going to take a break. Uh, and then about a minute or so, we will be back and do our bracket challenges. Again, if you guys missed the, uh, the beginning of the show, we're going to have two different uh, brackets to go through with. Uh, we have Alex May from Tackle Tour. Uh, Brennan Brown, you know, Brown Bait Co. You guys have seen him last week. And then Kevin Baxter, uh, the bait man, joining us to go through two different brackets. Uh, one's going to be Glide Baits under $100 and Glide Baits over $100. So we'll have that. And as Andy <laughs> pointed out in the beginning, we'll have him go head to head for a winner at the end. But it's going to be cool because Andy and I will, will step back and uh, allow these guys to uh, uh, go through this bracket. And of course, being three people, We'll have obviously each one be a, either a two to one or a three, you know, uh, for these to determine uh, a winner. So there won't be a tie, but nonetheless, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. And it's going to be honestly, selfishly, it's going to be some learning of what things I should go spend uh, too much money on. You don't need <laughs> after that. Right show. <laughs> I know. I know. As I'm about to go on a honeymoon. Yeah. It's the last thing I know, need is to spend all that money. But nonetheless, let's take a break here and uh, we'll be back. With these fellas to go through some glide baits. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it, and if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And, of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.